Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. So today is the actual first episode of our third season. We're so excited that we have so many listeners that that join us and have been loyal and listening to all of our episodes. And we want to thank you. We hope that this is providing a wealth of knowledge about adoption and all members of the triad. And I know, Ron, you and I have talked over and over again about how we really feel like this is a public service, that we are doing everything we can to raise adoption awareness. Absolutely. And I'm I'm very proud to be a part of this because I do. I think it's these are the kind of things that change society. So moving on. So today we are going to and, I, and we're doing this the day before Thanksgiving, because mm-hmm. I really believe that in all things, there is somewhere to be thankful And I'm doing this episode today intentionally because it's one that I've been thinking about for a long time. And I wanted to make sure that I had my mind wrapped around exactly, you know, what parts of the story would be most relevant to our listeners. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be talking about somebody that I have not really talked about before. Today we're going to talk about my biological birth father or lack thereof. Okay. And we've talked a lot about my birth mother. She was a huge part of my life after we reunited when I was in my Mm thirties and we had 10 years that we were able to spend in each other's lives before she passed away. I have not really gone into details on who my birth father is or what the story behind that is. And today, I think today is the time. We're heading, you know, we're starting season three. Um, You and I have both always had the agreement that we were going to be honest and open about our stories. And you have done an amazing job of that. And so hopefully I can at least match you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you outshine me for sure. I I have one horrible incident that I'm just yeah, so <laughs> you have a lot more to share in regards to adoption than I do. Let's just dive into it. So my mother was, my biological mother was 15 mm-hmm. when she became pregnant with me. And she was about 15 and a half. When she found out she was pregnant uh, three weeks before I was born, after she learned she was officially pregnant, she went to a payphone. This is a story that she has told me over and over again. She went to a payphone and she called up a man named James, who she said was the birth father. And she told him that she was pregnant and about to have a baby. And it was his. And she said he hung up the phone. 
And so she thought, well, okay, well, he's not interested, clearly. Mm -hmm. And she moved on. Uh, I was born three weeks later. And when it came time to uh, fill out the birth certificate, it was labeled unknown. Uh, When they did the identifying information, she filled out all the identifying information as if it was James. So when you pull my adoption records, that's what it portrays. When I first reunited with my birth mother, she was very possessive in a good sense. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't want to share with anybody. She didn't want to, um, what did she say? She didn't want her words. She did not want to have to share her time. This wasn't a joint custody thing. <laughs> right. You know, she wanted to make sure that, that when I would go to Ohio, that it was just, you know, her that I was seeing and my brothers and it wasn't split between two sides. Right. And I would say probably six, six months after we, we reunited and we got to know each other. I explained that I really wasn't looking for a relationship with a birth father, that I I really wasn't interested other than for medical reasons, which was one of the reasons that I had initially looked for her. Now, how about just curiosity? Sure. Okay. Yes. But, but you, I like you said, you didn't for, want a relationship. You just kind of were right. curious. I, I wasn't plus looking for medical. a relationship like I had with her. Right. You know, she was all I could handle anyway. <laughs> and it was in a good in a good way. Right. And I thought, you know what? It would be great just to know who he is mm-hmm. and absolutely curiosity. And then maybe, uh, you know, find out a medical history. That would okay. be great for me, for my kids. I think that would be a good thing. And so I asked her uh, the name and she she told me his name. I'm just going to leave it as James. You know, I'm not going to go into a last name. Uh, but she told me the name of that person. And so I then started doing research and trying to find, you know, who this, this gentleman was. Uh, I did eventually find him. And when I flew back to... Ohio, I thought it would be a good time to meet with him and see if he's willing to do a test. Mm -hmm. So my mom did not like this idea whatsoever. She was adamantly against it. She would, you know, create an argument with me because she didn't understand why she wasn't enough. And I kept explaining to her, no, you are enough. This is a curiosity thing. This is, you know, part of the journey. I just want to check all the boxes and I'm not looking to have the same relationship with him that I have with you. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So, and I understand her perspective. If I look back at, you know, girls I dated when I was 14 and try and put myself in those shoes, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. that is such a completely separated life. You don't want anything to do with it anymore. And you wouldn't want your children to have anything to do with it either. So I get her point, but I also, obviously, I think I would be more on your side as far as the curiosity plus the medical information and things like that. Right. So I I went out there and I had um, reached out to him 
by telephone and mm-hmm. let him know that I was coming and that I wanted to meet with him. And he said that was absolutely fine. And he was willing to meet me. And my mother also had his phone number. I think she was the one who actually found it and gave it to me. Wow. So she had called him up and laid out her law. This is how this is going to go. You're not taking time from me. And <laughs> she was a little intimidating, I think, on a phone call to him. Because yeah. then he calls me back and says, you know, I'm happy to meet you, but she's a little bit much. And um, she, and then I think he referred to her as being a little country. Like, like he, he didn't know really what he was stepping into. Right. And I just laughed and said, she's harmless. You know, she's fine. <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, I don't remember the phone call. He goes, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just, I don't remember a phone call where I hung up long time ago, and being right. told that she was pregnant. Hmm. And I, you know, I, a lot of time had passed. I mean, at that point it would have been like 32 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd remember a phone call from 32 years ago. I tend to think, because that's a pretty important phone call. That is. I tend to think he probably did remember it, but didn't want to admit to it. And I yeah, understand. Maybe. I get it. Maybe. Uh, so I I had flown out and again, my my mother was really unhappy that I was going to see him, but she had finally accepted it. Mm-hmm. And I went to lunch to meet him. Um, it was with my ex-husband at the time. He came along as well. And we met uh, James and James's sister. Very strangely, I looked just like James. Really? And just like his sister. Wow. So much that his sister had said to me, wow, you look just like his oldest daughter and you look like us. I mean, there was, it was very evident that there must have been some connection because the coloring, everything was right. He wow. was short, I'm short, blonde hair, blue eyes. Like it was really, and I really liked him. I really liked his sister. They were really nice people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the lunch, I had said that, you know, just, just to be sure, I'd like to do a, a paternity test. Mm-hmm. And he said that was totally fine. Um, I actually set it up with a lab so that he would go into a lab and have it done rather than, you know, the over the counter ones from Walgreens. And so I did the same. And when I got the results, it was not him. Wow. Which was really hard for me. I was just going to ask. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, it was really disappointing because I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to finish the circle. I'm going to be able to put this to rest. He's nice. He seems very friendly. His sister's mm-hmm. very nice. So I can, you know, all's well ends well. We can close that door. All's good. But it wasn't him. So I then had to tell him that, the results. And he sounded disappointed. Wow. It was over the phone, so I didn't I didn't get to see his face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, I think, both feeling pretty awkward. So we just kind of exchanged niceties and let the phone call go. Right. I then called up my mother and I was a little angry, which probably wasn't fair on my part, but I called her up and I said, I I will never forget these words. It's not him. And of course she's like, what? Because she didn't know what I was talking about. 
Right. And I said, it's not him. You know, I felt like a teenager mad about something, you know, and just frustrated. And and I was like, it's not him. It's not him. Well, did the you test, feel like test. did you feel like you had been misled by her? Yes. Okay. And I don't think it was intentional. To this no. day, I don't think it was intentional. But okay. yes, I did. And then I felt guilty for even thinking that because I thought, well, this is all the information with the adoption paperwork. Mm-hmm. So she really believed it was him. So she said, the test is wrong. And I said, no, that's impossible. It's like 99.9% accurate. Test is wrong. And she was, there wasn't like a pause or, well, it was, nope, the test is wrong. Right. And then she starts making up, you know, maybe somebody took it for him. And I'm like, nope, they check IDs. Well, his son has the same name as him. Maybe he would. And and I was like, okay, it's not him. And she, she's good. She then convinced me. I was going to say, did you feel like, well, maybe she's right. You know, I did did. look like the guy. Maybe I wanted it to be right too. Maybe that was part of it. So we both wanted the same end result. So I was like, all right. She goes, test is wrong. Redo it. And I I remember thinking, this is so, okay. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on my next trip out, which was probably six months later, I went out there and I called him up again. And I said, so sorry to bother you. Is there any way that you would be willing to do an over-the-counter test if I was to stop by wherever you're living Mm -hmm. and swab you and we can take the test again. My mom is convinced that you are my biological father and she's convinced the test is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so he was very kind and said, sure, no problem. So my mother's brother went over there with me mm-hmm. and that was one of those moments, you know, as I'm opening up the test, the second one, because, you know, 99.9% wasn't something we could go on. So, uh, we did the test again. I told my mom, I said, well, now I'm going to test you too, because it will improve the accuracy. And she said, okay. So she also did the test. So we finished the test. Mm-hmm. I also put my mom in the test and cause then I started thinking, oh no, like I know I have the birth certificate and everything, but what if that's not correct? Right. What if I was switched and, at the hospital? Right. I started having all these crazy thoughts of, oh, my gosh, you know, this moment of panic. Mm -hmm. And so the results came back in. My mom was 100 percent my mom. And James was 100 percent not my dad. So we could put that to rest. Did that make you angry again? Like fool me twice kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I went back to my mom and I said, okay, it's not him. And she said, well, let me think. That was her thing. Let me think. Give me a minute. It's Joe. And I said, Joe, I remember when I got together with him. And I said, you've never mentioned Joe. I just remembered right now. And I said, what's Joe's last name? I don't know. But I know where he used to live. And I thought, forget it. Here we go again. Oh, so you you were just going to abandon it? Yep, done. Okay. I was like, never mind. And so I got frustrated and left it for a few years. Wow. Then uh, every time 
I would go to Ohio, I became the guessing game. So her husband would be like, you know, she kind of looks like X or you know what? It could have been Y. And at one point I remember looking at her brother and I said, how many could there have been? She was 15. Her younger brother said, yeah, she and Connie were a little wild. I mean, they would climb out the window at night. I mean, they were, they were a handful. Hmm. And I want to be respectful because I get it, but you know, I became now the, the topic. I mean, they would, you could see, you know, when we would just be having a conversation about the weather, they'd be intently staring at my face or something and trying to piece it together. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my mom pretty much stuck that it was this Joe and I really wasn't, I mean, I was intrigued, but not enough to really be motivated to do something. Mm -hmm. And this became a pattern actually where I think I have a lead and I'll kind of revisit the idea of trying to figure out who it is and then I'll drop it. When I would go back and look at my youngest brother, Michael, and my baby pictures, we look remarkably similar. Mm -hmm. You could almost swap the pictures out. And so then I thought, well, maybe, maybe it's their dad. She just kept saying, nope, nope, not him. And she was still in contact with him. When I would go out there, she'd be like, nope, you don't need to test him. It's not him. And she just kept maintaining this Joe, mm-hmm. Joe. But when I tried to pinpoint where the house was to maybe pull property, you know, records, no luck. Um, so time went on and on. And for the most part, I had dropped it again. I was really looking just to close the loop and for more information. Mm -hmm. And then when we went out for the final visit with her, when she was in a coma, my husband and I were there and, and I thought, you know what, why don't I just ask the boys' dad if he's willing to do a test and then I can at least cross him off the list. So I went ahead that he agreed to take the test and it wasn't him. So now I'm three paternity tests sent, and now I am angry. However, because my mom died shortly after, this wasn't really my focus anymore. Mm -hmm. It was grieving. And I think, again, closure would be great. And I've had people say to me, oh, well, Ancestry DNA and 23andMe. And yes, I've done all those. And yes, I have people on both sides. Um. There are times where I will go through and even to this day and try to do the process of elimination. And I've had people say, oh, no, we'll figure it out for you. And, you know, I think if it's meant to be and I'm, and I'm ever able to learn that information, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But I also think that I've reached peace with not knowing. I think that my story with no answer in the end is very helpful for a lot of the women that we work with Mm -hmm. because when they come into the office and they have more than one birth father, when I share my story, I think I bring a comfort to them because they know that they're not alone. And, you know, I turned out somewhat okay. And I didn't know who, uh, who my father is. And so It's not the story, I think, 20 years ago 
that I would have ever believed was mine. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful for what I have. And I'm thankful that I did reunite with my birth mother mm-hmm. and she is enough. <laughs> and if I never find out who it is, then that's okay. That's okay. And I'm hoping that by sharing this information, families will be able to understand where an adoptee's mind goes and what they think and how they're processing it. For an adoptee who may not know who their father is, they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And for a birth mother to know that my mother was no different than you. I will say on a funny note, after we sat down and, you know, she started trying to eliminate people or try to figure out who it was and, you know, her, give me a minute, let me think was the common answer. Um, When asked, my mother didn't want to talk about it. Truly was confused as to who it was. She looked or sounded, I would say, because it wasn't in person, very surprised when it wasn't James. And the other thing I'm so thankful for is I'm glad I tested James when I did because about five years after I tested him, he passed away and he was very young. He was in his late Mm fifties. And so at least I was able to put closure on that road. So hopefully as people celebrate their Thanksgiving tomorrow, they can really think about all the ways and things that they have to be grateful for. Maybe life isn't turning out the way that you wanted it to or what you dreamed of, but maybe there's a reason why and there's a bigger purpose. And I think that when you sit back and you look at your life and you find things to be thankful for, you'll find them. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number, 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.